you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Acts chapter 16. We're going to look at verses 6 through 24 tonight. We're going to look at how important it is for us as a church to cross over barriers and boundaries that we have before us in order to fulfill the calling that God has given us. While you're turning there, just remind you of uh, what we're doing as a church. Be in prayer uh, for our student camp that uh, is upcoming. Be in prayer for uh, the children's camp that is down the road. Be in prayer for uh, our beach baptism in August. I want to encourage you just to look at our time together and see how that God is using this church to transform lives for his glory. We are fulfilling our calling as we celebrate baptisms almost every week, as we celebrate lives being transformed by God's grace, as we look forward to what God is doing. I also want to remind you that at 6.30 on Tuesday nights, we have a time of prayer in the chapel. I want to invite you to that, encourage you to be a part of that time of prayer. It is so important for our church to be committed to pray together. Uh, and it will be a, a transformational time for you as we, as it is for me and, and uh, my family as we pray together uh, on Tuesdays at 6.30. Well, uh, in Acts chapter 16, we're picking up where we left off last Wednesday night. In Acts 16, uh, verse 5, we see that Paul, Silas, and Timothy are uh, traveling through Lystra, Derby, and Iconium, and they're strengthening churches uh, and, and strengthening believers, and churches are uh, being planted. New believers are added to the church each day. Now, in Acts chapter 16, beginning of verse 6, we see that the apostle Paul longs to go to different territories, uh, different areas around him, but it says that the scripture says in verse 6, 7, and 8 that, that the Spirit of God kept him from going to those other places. Uh, and so he was, he was struggling what to do next, and we come to verse 9, Acts 16, verse 9. Uh, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. Now, the, the boundaries that we see, these different uh, uh, place names in verses 6 through 8, uh, Mysia, Troas, Bithynia, and others, uh, those are place names. Those are geographical areas. Those are politically different areas and, and not city-states, all under Roman rule, but have different governing authorities. And all that is true, but, but there's something more uh, that comes to mind when we see all these place names. And then with this vision where uh, God speaks to Paul in a vision, a dream, and says, I want you to go to Macedonia. He's talking about crossing over the Aegean Sea, yes, but more than that, he's talking about crossing over boundaries that had not been crossed before, going into territories that had not been reached before, communicating with people who had not heard before. The boundaries that had to be crossed were bigger than political or national boundaries. Uh, they, were, uh, they were bigger than a, a sea to be crossed. It was a boundary of belief. 
as well. Uh, people of Macedonia had a different religion, had a different idea of, of what to do. And so God directs the steps of Paul and the missionary team, this, this team from the church at Antioch and representing Jerusalem as well, um, to go to Macedonia. Now, this is important because as we, the church, try to discern the next steps for us in, in any year, any given time, we want to have clarity in what we're doing and where we're going. We want to cross over the right sea. We want to cross over the right boundary. And the good news is that God always gives direction to the church seeking to fulfill her calling. Do you realize that? And I want you to hear that because it's so important. God always gives direction to the church that longs to fulfill her calling. Remember, the calling is to tell others who Jesus is. Uh, to, as we saw last week, to, to, to break down barriers, let go personal preferences, uh, to take care of those practical matters, but also to go aggressively and courageously into new frontiers, to cross over our comfort zones, to cross over the boundaries of, of uh, language or uh, the belief systems of others and tell others who Jesus is. And God gives us direction on how to do that. Uh, the Spirit of God wouldn't let Paul go to point A or point B or point C uh, but then God directed the steps of Paul and his team to go to Macedonia. Uh, we need to heed and to hear the direction that God provides each day. We wake up as a church and as, as a family of faith. We need to uh, have our ears tuned uh, to the will of God in directing us to the men and the women of our Macedonia, people that he's directing our steps toward as a church, uh, especially through our prayer time, we want to hear from God his desire to help us and direct us in fulfilling the specific calling that he's given us. Through the day and throughout the day, God directs our steps intentionally, and he gives us direction that we need to fulfill the calling the way he longs us to us fulfilled. And that may be interruptions in our schedule. Make no mistake, when we uh, ventured out in 2016 and we saw the, that there were going to be some rough spots for our family of faith as, as the highway expanded and as they took some of our property and as they built a bridge so close to our building, we understood that it was going to be tough it was going to be challenging, but those interruptions gave us opportunity to prepare and to be equipped so that today with greater courage and greater uh, faith, we can fulfill the calling that God has given us. That, that, that uh, expansion of the highway and the several years of, of drought that we experienced during that time, that wasn't a setback the way we would determine it, but rather it was a setup for God to help us step into this calling that he's given us to do it with greater passion and purpose. It's, it's what, we, what we see God doing as he's moving in our family of faith and helping us lean into younger families and to our children and our preschool with building renovations. And, and as we are looking forward to scattered church and what that's going to look like in the seven cities of Hampton Roads, as we plant churches in, in Montreal and Ottawa, 
in uh, Edmonton, in, in Northern Virginia, in Fredericksburg, as we plant churches, even here in the seven cities of Hampton Roads, as, as we lean into the different language ministries and churches that we have, like Iglesia Bautista del Camino, uh, our, our his, Hispanic church led by Pastor Vernick Suarez, we're seeing God use them in great ways, not only to reach the, uh, the Spanish-speaking communities in, in the seven cities, but also to plant Spanish-speaking churches. We see God using the the drought years to sharpen our focus. And as he's giving us direction, we're stepping into it as a church. This is the beauty of that call to cross over, to cross over the boundaries that that we see before us and, and, and to move forward by faith with courage into the place that God has given us. God gives us a vision not only for that progress, but he gives us a vision for people. Understand, we're not trying to build a building or or renovate a space just so we can say we have nice things. We're doing it because we believe that is one of the key ingredients that God has given us to reach young families desperate for hope that is found in Christ alone. We believe that this is the avenue that God has given us. Uh, through planting churches and investing hundreds of thousands of dollars every year uh, through the years to to, to plant churches around the world because we believe this is how God has given us a vision for people who are far from God and how we can reach them. It's why we go on missionary journeys, uh, why we have a team uh, going to Rwanda uh, shortly. It's to, it's to, uh, uh, to reach people, not, not go to places, but to reach people. God gives us a vision of the man in Macedonia like he gave to the apostle Paul. As, as God opens our eyes to see and to hear uh, those who are in need and who need our help, we hear the voice of that man in Macedonia, his, his voice trembling and, and quaking as he begs for help. And Paul is intent to step into that need and to answer it by going on mission. We fulfill our calling when we hear and the, the direction that God gives and when we see with our eyes and with our hearts people in need. Do you see some that those people in your neighborhood or in your work that, that need help that only Jesus can give? You know, our, 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 our glorious privilege every single day as part of this family called First Norfolk is to be on mission and to tell others who Jesus is so that that person who is empty and lost and incomplete can find life through faith in Jesus Christ. I pray that God would open our eyes to see and our ears to hear the cry of those who are in need. And move us to act. It, it reminds me of the, sto- uh, of, of the story in John chapter 4. And you know the story in John chapter 4. Jesus takes his disciples through Samaria, which is kind of a, a, a faux pas in, in, in uh, Jewish religion at that time. You don't go through Samaria. You bypass Samaria. But Jesus took his disciples through Samaria. And in the middle of the day, he goes to a well. A woman comes and meets him at that well. And, and, and again, it, 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 it's surprising that Jesus would talk to this woman. It, it was unseemly for him to do that. But, but he begins to talk to this woman. And, 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 uh, and he sees her heart. And he sees her need. And he offers her uh, 
the rivers of living water uh, and, and, and the, the opportunity to be part of God's family uh, through him. And, and she is transformed and changed forever. Her past is, uh, is no longer the defining factor of her life. Now the defining factor of her life is that she believes on Jesus and she is part of God's family. So she goes running through the village of Sychar where she lived and, and she began to scream to those who had uh, 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 those who had uh, uh, rejected her and, and, and uh, looked askance at her because of her past, uh, she begins to scream to them and sees those men and women who had rejected her as people in need. And she said, come see the man who told me all that, that I have ever done. This could be the Christ, the Messiah, the one we've been waiting for. And the villagers came running, and, and, and while she's in the village, the disciples come back to Jesus, and, and they say, you need to eat. And Jesus said, I'm, I'm, I'm full. I've already eaten. And, and they say, how have you eaten? You haven't had any bread. He said, my bread is to do the will of the one who sent me. And then he says, as villagers coming out of Sychar come running to the well on the outskirts of that village, and, and Jesus says to his disciples, lift up your eyes and look. That's the harvest. My prayer is that you and I would have sight like Jesus does and like he called his disciples to have to see men and women, boys and girls in need and that we as the church would move to help them by bringing them to Jesus. After all, that is our calling. Our calling is to give help to others by giving them Jesus. The man in the vision Asked Paul to cross over and to help. And help is a verb that is used to describe a physician helping and healing a sick person. It's a verb that describes also the spiritual help for those who are weak in their soul. The people we encounter every day on mission, the people that we encounter every day as we go through our everyday life, the people that our church uh, ministers to and sees seven days a week in the seven cities of Hampton Roads and even around the world, they're in need, not merely of a physical mending. Uh, they might need that, but more importantly, they need a spiritual mending. They need the great physician, Jesus Christ, who has come to, uh, to fix and to help and to heal those who are broken inside by their sin. It is our calling. It is our calling to point people who are far from God, lost in sin, dead in trespass, blind in life, empty and incomplete. It is our calling in life to cross over to where they are and to help them see Jesus so that they might believe in him and be brought into God's family. Uh, we're here to help them see the story of God's love. And I've got good news for you. God loves you and God loves even the worst sinner so that he makes available the bridge between him and them in the sacrifice of Christ on a cross. Each cry for help that we hear throughout the day, seven days a week, is an avenue to bring God's love to work in their broken hearts and find rescue in the person of Jesus Christ. I want you to look at verses 14 and 15. Uh, as Paul and, and, and Silas uh, go to Macedonia, they're in the, uh, the, the place of Philippi. They sailed from Troas and ran a straight course to Samothrace and then to Neapolis. And from Neapolis, they go to Philippi. And then they go down and they hear that there are some Jewish people meeting at the riverbank on the Sabbath day. And 
pick up in verse 14. It says, now a certain woman named Lydia heard us, and she was a seller of purple from the city of Thyatira who worshiped God. And the Lord opened her heart to heed the things, the gospel spoken by Paul. And when she and her household were baptized, she begged us saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. And she persuaded us. Uh, Paul and Barnabas went down by the river and they encountered not a van, but they encountered a, a, a gathering of people who were worshiping God, still in need of a relationship with God. And Paul stood with uh, uh, Paul and Silas uh, stood and they, they proclaimed the good news of God's rescuing love to Lydia and her household. And Lydia believed on the Lord Jesus Christ and she was rescued from the emptiness of life, separated from God and the promises that he has. And she was brought into the family of God fully and completely through the shed blood of Jesus on a cross for her sin. And she was transformed in that moment. Life changed forever. Not because she found a new philosophy to embrace. Not because she had more possessions for her bank account. But because she met Jesus. And there are people around us every single day just like Lydia in desperate need for life that is found through faith in Jesus Christ. So today, I want to encourage you to join me and the rest of our family called First Norfolk. Let's obey God, cross over to those people who are desperate for help, and share with them the good news of life found through faith in Jesus Christ. The greatest help that we can offer to people in need in the seven cities of Hampton Roads and even around the world is to tell them who Jesus is, that he died for their sin upon a cross, that he was raised from the dead to give them a new life. And if they will repent their sin and believe on Jesus as their only hope, they can be made whole. Oh, friends, let's give ourselves to sharing this good news, this great news, this life-changing, soul-satisfying news of God's rescuing love with others. Today, will you pray this prayer? Oh, Lord, open my eyes. Oh, Lord, open my eyes to see, to see the people around me in need of your help. Oh, God, open our eyes and our ears to hear their cry for help. And even now, as God opens our ears and our eyes to see that one in our, in our, in our sphere of influence who is crying for help, will you pray this prayer? Not only, Lord, open our eyes and ears, but Lord, give us, me, the courage to obey. Right now, will you ask God, oh God, will you give me the courage to obey you as you spark courage and faith in our heart to share the good news of your rescuing love. Oh God, will you give me the courage to obey? And we're going to need that courage at different times. Uh, the rest of this story in verse um, 16 through 24, we see that Paul and Silas encounter uh, a demon-possessed girl, and, and Paul casts the demon out of that little girl, and it upsets uh, the people uh, who were sponsoring her, using her for profit. And they get upset, and so they bring Paul and Silas before uh, the, the, the uh, elders of the community, the, uh, the city officials. And Paul and Silas are beaten uh, because they do a good thing for a young girl 
who was demon-possessed. And we'll pick up the rest of the story on Sunday, but I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you today. Will you pray this prayer? Oh, God, open my eyes and my ears to see the one person in my sphere of influence, like a family that invited another family uh, to join them here at church uh, and, and, and bring their children to Vacation Bible School. Uh, they, they led that family to see the greatness of God's love. A little boy was saved. That mother was baptized and become part of this family of faith. Guys, maybe that's what God's calling you to do, to help. To help people far from God today. God, help for me to hear their cry for help. God, help for me to see them as you see them. Lift up my eyes and let me see the people in need. And then, Lord, give me the courage to obey you and share this rescuing love that, that you've made available to us through Christ. Give me the courage to obey and share Jesus with them. If you pray those prayers today, I am confident that God will direct your steps and he'll direct our church and our world will be transformed. May God bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he bless your coming in. May he bless your going out. And may he fill your life with peace and with purpose in following him. God bless you and good evening.